Welcome back to the Sports Ball Podcast for week two of the new year of our weekly, yeah, sports uh, sports talk here. So, couple big major topics that we're going to get through today. Um, you know, we'll obviously kick it off with the NFL and going through the weekend games of the, uh, yeah, weekend games of the divisional rounds that happened. Um, you know, we're obviously going to get... Zach's input on a lot of the coaching changes that have since happened uh, around that time as well. And, you know, within the past, I think, day or so, we've had just a lot more dominoes falling in the NFL coaching front uh, with that, especially the biggest news of them all, I think, with uh, Jim Harbaugh leaving Michigan and then going to the Los Angeles Chargers uh, now. And we'll get into that whole discussion as well. Uh, We'll talk about some... uh, relatively NCAA football news not much so much of happening on the Nebraska front but just kind of what uh you know maybe the fallout for Michigan what's going to happen with Michigan and the allegations of those going forward and just some other uh NCAA football news that will hit as well and then kind of the basketball realm will hit on the NBA uh you know update on our teams uh I know that Zach and I's teams played uh this past week and Nate has some input on you know cats 60 plus point game and how the wolves still managed to lose <laughs> that game it's called minnesota sports <laughs> <laughs> we'll definitely hit on uh some ncaa basketball news both nebraska side for sure um two games have been played since that and they got a big uh, matchup coming up this weekend as well and then just some slight mlb hall of fame news that has happened this past week uh just some noticeable notable big names that have got inducted to the Hall of Fame this past week. Uh, one from Nate's Minnesota team as well. And we'll get into that. But uh, yeah, starting off with the divisional round games that happened this past weekend. Uh, you know, just kind of the quick headlines that I had put out of the Ravens kind of cruising past the Texans in the second half. Then you had the 49ers that eked out Green Bay uh, kind of on the last possession there. And then you get to the Sunday games where um, you know, the Lions kind of had the command most of that game. Tampa kind of came back, but then a late uh, interception sealed the game for uh, the Lions there as they move on to their uh, conference, first conference championship in quite some time. Um, I don't remember the exact year off that, but uh, we'll get into that. And then uh, I think the most anticipated game that at least I thought was uh, we were all geared up for was the Sunday night game between the uh, Chiefs and Bills because. Um, as we found out later, the ratings, TV ratings that came out, um, it was the most watched divisional game um, ever in NFL history that eclipsed over 50 or 51 million viewers uh, that tuned into that game. So huge stakes, uh, especially with, you know, a lot of talking points going into that game of the Chiefs and their, you know, Patrick Mahomes' true first road game uh, it, outside of the Super Bowl um, for the playoffs and everything like that. And just, um Definitely a back and forth game, and you know we can definitely talk about kind of how the future of the and uh, the future of the AFC kind of QB battles that are kind of emerging right before our eyes between Lamar and Mahomes and Josh Allen now. Um, you know, I know I heard, I heard a lot of comparisons uh, talking about kind of like Mahomes and Allen will kind of be the new Brady Manning type uh, matchup going forward, and um, you know certainly excited if you're you know just a true NFL fan and just wanted to see good match. You know, those teams are going to play a lot. Those quarterbacks are going to have a lot of fun matchups. And 
Um, I don't think there's ever been a blowout game between Mahomes and Allen whenever they played. It's always come down to kind of to the fourth quarter or last possession where one team pulls ahead over the other type thing. But uh, yeah, kind of with my first impression takes, um, I think the Ravens definitely, you know, they got off to a slow start, but then kind of proved to why they are the number one seed um, in the AFC, definitely dominating the second half. And, you know, Kansas City definitely has a tough task uh, in front of them going to Baltimore. Um, but, you know, if there's any team that can seize that moment and kind of knock off the number one seed at their home stadium, um, it's definitely the it, Chiefs. And it's just their experience of getting to that step, getting to uh, where they they always seem to have been, you know, six uh, six consecutive AFC championship appearances for Mahomes um, since he's entered the league. And that's uh, just an outstanding stat uh, to have and you know. Most quarterbacks are even lucky just to get six chances at that opportunity, let alone Mahomes and the Chiefs getting six in a row with that. Um, and then I think the uh, obviously the other big storyline with that is just the Lions. And, you know, I know Nate's obviously not very happy with trying to not cheer for the Lions, even though maybe he, he might want to a little bit. I don't think he will ever admit it, but I think deep down, very, very, very deep down, there might be a little sentiment that he'll want the Lions to win. <laughs> you should. You should definitely cheer. Oh, come it's, on, it's against man. my uh, personal uh, ideals here. It's no. just can't do it. Right. Um, and then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <standards. laughs> yeah, I'll pass it to one of you. One of you two, whoever wants to take the uh, the rain next, just uh, what you saw from the divisional games this weekend. I know the most, I wouldn't say the most shocking one, but the most one that I think the team that has to be the most concerned right now is probably the 49ers. Um, just because, you know, you don't know what Debo's status, um, if he's going to be healthy enough to play Sunday. Um, and, you know, the Lions are, the Lions are pretty much, it's Dan Campbell. It's He's going to do everything and anything that he can to win a game, whether it's going on fourth downs, two-point conversions, all that. Um, you know, if Brock Purdy played like he kind of did Sunday, I don't I don't know how much of a chance that uh, he'll have against the Lions. You know, they, they got lucky that Jordan Love kind of made a mistake throwing into triple coverage at the end of that game. But That's being nice about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know as much as I watched that replay, I'm like, I don't know kind of what he saw there. But um yeah, I think the I think right now the 49ers are probably the most vulnerable team right now, just in terms of who they have to go against. You know, I know they get the Lions at home, but the Lions just always somehow just pull things out uh this entire season. And you know, we kind of saw that last season with them heading into this season. But yeah, uh one eighty two. Just your thoughts, and then we can kind of go into the coaching searches. Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, darn shame Packers got a heartbreaking loss. Really, really hated to see that. Um, maybe next year, guys. Uh, yeah, I'm sure you're just, upset about uh, it. Yep, I'm, my heart, <laughs> heart is breaking in two right now. Um, <laughs> I can I can tell by the look on your face, too. <laughs> you even look the, very upset. Even the tone in your voice is just so, <laughs> so sad right now. So sad, too bad. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, mm. Oh well, guys, you you gave it your best, I guess. And uh, man, I, I guess we'll see you next year, or not. <laughs> I do feel bad for the Bills, though. Um, that that missed field goal at the end is very reminiscent of another NFC team that likes to miss field goals in the playoffs. Um, so that. 
that was unfortunate. Uh, it was a good installment. You know, the Chiefs, Chiefs Bills was a pretty overall good game. Um, I, I do feel for Bills fans too because that I've seen the tweets where uh, are coming back up that they, you know, essentially gifted the Chiefs the tenth overall pick back when they drafted Mahomes, and that's that's got to be a tough pill to swallow. I mean, you don't. At the time, you don't know that Mahomes is going to turn into Mahomes, and mm-hmm. but I mean, hindsight's kind of twenty twenty there. But that's a that's just a rough stat to kind of have keep coming back up, especially when uh, Chiefs just kind of keep having your number in the playoffs in the postseason. But uh, yeah, I I like my uh, my Ravens Lions pick from uh, last week is still holding strong. I'm still going to stick to my guns on that. I think the Ravens. I mean, it all comes down to Lamar Jackson, just kind of <laughs> how he plays. If he shows mm-hmm. up, and because I mean, their their defense is solid. They've got a lot of a lot of guys on defense that can really hold up their end of the bargain. But it really just you kind of live and buy, live and die by Lamar. And uh, so far, he's been putting up pretty good numbers. Uh, they, I mean, C.J. Stroud has been fantastic, kind of late season into the playoffs, and the Ravens defense. Held him in check for the most part. I mean, especially the second half, he he was struggling. I mean, only giving up what ten points mm-hmm. to a team that I think they had what forty some points against the Browns week before. It's yes, and the Browns aren't necessarily a pushover defense either. So, I think the the Ravens are probably the team to beat out of the four remaining. Uh, if I were a betting man, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, I think. I think I agree with you, Andy, that the 49ers are going to have their work cut out for them. They're kind of the most vulnerable with Debo kind of uh, very questionable for uh, whether he'll play or not on Sunday. And then Brock Purdy. I mean, it should be uh, weather-wise. We're not looking at a big rainy event uh, in the San Fran area, so it should be kind of nicer weather. But um, I don't know if the Lions kind of feel like that team of destiny to make it as much as I don't love to see it. <laughs> I think they're, they're playing good ball. I mean, they're, they're just winning games. Um, they kind of remind me of Washington from uh, college where they just, they just kind of win. Mm-hmm. It's not always pretty, but they, they just kind of eke them out. And um, I mean, Jared, Jared Goff has been there before he's led a team of the Super Bowl, And so he, he's no stranger to it. And so I, I think I think that's uh, that's kind of my my matchup: Ravens Lions. I think they should be good games overall. Lions Niners and Chiefs Ravens. I think mm-hmm. uh, they they potentially really really good matchups, um, especially that Chiefs Ravens game. I think uh, it'll be interesting to see if Mahomes can can work some magic against that Ravens right. defense, or if uh, it's just kind of a shutout there. But and I'll be interested to Chiefs see. Too, so right, I'll be interested to see how the chiefs defense kind of reacts to Lamar. Um, I mean, Josh Allen still ran plenty of bit against the chiefs. So now you're going up against a quarterback that runs twice as much as Josh Allen does and does it, I think better than Josh Allen. Um, And definitely the Ravens offense is designed to have Lamar do read options and everything like that and scramble and everything. So, you know, can the chiefs do it again twice, twice in a row against, you know, good mobile quarterbacks, um, but definitely against probably the MVP, which I'm assuming Lamar's probably going to be the MVP this year. Um, but, you know, it's it's another tough task for the Chiefs, but, you know, as much as I obviously hate saying this, it hurts my soul, but 
um, you know, you can't count out the Chiefs and anything they do. They've mm-hmm. been here before. They've done this before. And if there's any team, like I said, that can knock the Ravens off, it's the Chiefs because they've been here, they've done this, and they know what it takes to win these types of games um, and going forward. But, yeah, it'll be a good matchup for sure. Mm-hmm. Zach, what, uh, your thoughts about the games at all? Uh, you guys covered a good chunk of it, but I think – uh, I'm going to go on the opposite of what Nate said and say, I think for probably the first time in my uh, sports fan life, uh, I was a fan of the Packers on, uh, was it Saturday, Sunday, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, only sounds, because. Sounds dirty. Only because. <laughs> only because I did not want to see the 49ers keep going. Um, I mean, they still have to, they still have to beat the Lions, which I agree. I think uh, at this point, my hopeful is the Ravens and the Lions. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I mean, pretty much to, to what you guys had said already, there's not much else to add on to that. However, I did find it interesting in the lions Tampa Bay game where, uh, they got down to the end. They had the, what it was like 32 seconds left and uh, Tampa Bay had a timeout. Yeah, they didn't and use it. They could have yeah, taken yeah. it and then they didn't <laughs> use it. And then Todd Bowles was just like, Oh, the game was over at that point. So I was like, what? I mean, <laughs> and, game. and it was talked NFL's about on some writers didn't have Tampa Bay in the <laughs> no. NFC championship. <laughs> and it was kind of funny, too, because, you know, the way that the, the Buccaneers had had gotten to that point, like they had scored on like two or three plays, not not too far before that, too. So it was like it wasn't impossible to think they could have done it because I think they actually had two timeouts left or something. It was just weird to think like you guys had a chance to go and tie it up. And in a playoff game, like a bunch mm-hmm. of people were speculating on like the internet that it was like, Oh, maybe the bucks just conceded. And then you know, they were letting the lions go on. It's like, you don't do that in a playoff game. I assume I'm not in the NFL, obviously, but <laughs> I, just, you know, <laughs> I thought that was funny. Um, yeah, there's also the, the controversy of uh, they, they went for two on the, their last touchdown. Instead of because they were down by fourteen, they went for two. Oh yeah, 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 and, yeah. Yeah, that was that was a odd analytics decision. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I, some AI that's smarter than me supported it. But. <laughs> Good job, Chad GPT. <laughs> Twitch, <laughs> Twitch plays the NFL. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, yeah. My favorite thing about the whole analytics thing that they've started adding is. And I, I did, I remember texting this to you guys, but I still remember saying it. it was like, I have yet to see one that says, you know, kick it. It's like fourth and <laughs> fourth and five or below go for it. And it's like, it, and it'll be like the first quarter with like 13 minutes left. It's like, like the game just started. It's like, you need to go for it in this situation. It's like, <laughs> no, I don't think you do, but okay. <laughs> Analytics says you should go for this. Like, okay. I've, I had yet at that point really to see one that said kick. And then I think like a day later it was like, kick in a fourth and eight situation no way <laughs> who, who who thought that was going to be the case um yeah i think i i uh agree though uh it was kind of rough watching the bills lose i don't i don't personally have a problem with the the chiefs per se but it's like all right you know it's kind of the chiefs are now i think becoming like the patriots were you know six seven years ago where it's like okay we're kind of tired of seeing these guys even just mm. in the playoffs like if they didn't make the playoffs this year, I don't think anybody would have been upset. We went out to eat the other night, and I was telling my wife that, uh, <laughs> like, um, I really wanted the Bills to win, not because I have a problem with the Chiefs, 
but just because I wanted to see the Bills finally beat the Chiefs. Mm -hmm. And some guy heard me say that as we're walking out of the restaurant. He goes, so did I. I'm like, apparently, <laughs> apparently this was just the apparently this was just kind of the the overall feeling that everybody had. But right. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean, now we're down to the road to the Super Bowl. So mm -hmm. should be interesting to see what happens. I think, like you guys said, it's gonna be some really good games uh this weekend to watch. Mm -hmm. I'm really excited mm -hmm. about that. But outside of the Super Bowl, you know, well, obviously we got to talk about the Pro Bowl too. That's coming up. Yeah, get that sweet flag football going. <laughs> yeah, yeah the good old Pro Bowl. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think we're going to do much for the Pro Bowl coverage this year uh, or any year. <laughs> I don't know matter. if I've ever watched one in my entire life. I mainly uh, at least. I think I think last year I was kind of like intrigued just because they had like a bunch of the different football games. Like some of mm -hmm. the stuff's kind of fun to watch, but it feel like it feels so much more of like an off season thing. Like it shouldn't even be like in it shouldn't even be the week before the Super Bowl. I feel right. like I feel like there should be something else there. I have no idea what, but the Pro Bowl is just it's a weird thing. But um transitioning from that though, I feel like the big topic that everybody really wants to discuss and really wants to know about is actually all the coaching changes because there's been quite a lot on that front. Yes. And like I had mentioned in the opening, uh, the biggest one that came down yesterday was uh, Jim Harbaugh to the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, we know we, like we discussed last week, we know that, you know, Harbaugh has always kind of flirted with the NFL the past couple of years and finally pulled the trigger uh, yesterday, you know, Again, how much of that is how much does he want to go to the NFL versus how much does he know about, you know, what's he running away from? <laughs> how is he running away from at Michigan? What's going to come down from the NCAA in terms of what's going to happen with Michigan? But nonetheless, he's coming back to the NFL. Um, you know, he, he's obviously had success in San Francisco before uh, before he left San Francisco to go back to Michigan. So um, I feel like, you know, the Chargers are probably just the perfect He's like the perfect fit for the type of team that the Chargers are in terms of just kind of the personality. He's going to fit so well in L.A. and just with the Chargers in general of what they do. Um, and, you know, as much as I don't like that, because obviously, you know, my division plays the Chargers twice a year now. Um, it's going to be super fun to see Sean Payton versus Jim Harbaugh twice a year because they, I think, are two of probably the most petty coaches out there. And watching them probably talk and shake at midfield or anything like that is going to be a sight to behold, depending on how the game goes. They're either going to be like <laughs> super WWE ring at the middle yeah. at midfield. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like uh, Sean Payton's going to initiate all of it because that's who Sean Payton is. Uh, but yeah, it's um, outside of that, uh, you know, some other ones that have come down within this past week and even today, uh, Raheem Morris, the Falcons uh, finally picked up a coach, uh, from he was the Rams defensive coordinator. Uh, Surprisingly, I, not Belichick. Yeah, I, mean, I was going to say I think that, that might be more of the headline <laughs> that it wasn't Bill Belichick. Mm -hmm. And then that leaves the option of where's Belichick going to go because I think it's now just Carolina and Washington that are left. It's just Washington, Seattle, Washington, Carolina Washington. hired Tampa Bay as OC. Oh yeah, I probably yeah. should have read down further. <laughs> that's that's on the list <laughs> of things that I have not gotten to yet. <laughs> uh, other ones there. Brian Callahan, uh, you know, if that name kind of sounds familiar, at least the last name, he is the son of old uh, Billy C. 
of good old Nebraska. So I didn't yeah. actually know that. So and I think we were oh. talking about it. I didn't know that he was actually the son until after I looked oh, yeah. it up. I was like, oh, OK. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Bill Callahan's son, Brian Callahan, is now set to be the uh, head coach of the Tennessee Titans taking over for Mike Rabel. And that's another topic. I don't know where Mike Rabel is going to go now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he still very well could get one of those last two teams. But if he doesn't like is taking a year off of coaching and waiting uh you know i still think he's a really good coach it's just who's gonna take a chance on him now uh outside of that and then yeah like nate had mentioned uh dave canales canals channels canales i don't know how to say that name canales uh head coach uh to the panthers he was tampa bay's offensive coordinator and then some of zach's uh key rooting interest now uh you know i I don't think it's been officially announced yet, but uh, I do support this hire for uh, Philly's defensive coordinator, Vic Fangio. Um, Absolutely. He was not a good head coach for Denver, but when he was coaching defense and the defensive coordinator for Denver, Denver had one of the top defenses in the NFL. So Fangio is definitely 100% a great defensive coach hire, um, no matter where he is. You know, I with Miami, I think they just had a lot of injury issues late in the season that kind of deterred their defense a little bit, uh, which is probably why it didn't work out for him in Miami, but definitely support that. And then the one that I guess I'm kind of iffy just because Kellen Moore has always been iffy wherever he's been. Uh, But that is possibly another candidate for the offensive coordinator for Philly that might creep up. And that's really my opinions on that. I know Zach will have more because it's obviously his team, but uh, yeah, with, Going back, again, the big headline, Jim Harbaugh to the Chargers, I think is a great fit, as much as I don't like it, because it's a team that my team has to play twice a year again, but those are going to be great matchups um, going forward. And, yeah, again, it stems back to what is happening at Michigan. You know, I think we'll talk a little bit more of the NCAA news. Uh, that Sharon Moore, I think is how you say his name, um, he probably has the probably the best odds to take over uh, the head coach at Michigan, because he was kind of the interim coach uh, when Harbaugh was suspended, uh, kind of those last three games of Michigan's season um, and everything. But I think, yeah, what's what's going to happen at Michigan? What's he running from? And what does Jim Harbaugh know that we don't know yet about what's going to happen to Michigan, which is probably why he jumped to the NFL. But Nonetheless, I think he's going to be a good NFL coach. He's proven it before, does it wherever he goes. And maybe he'll finally turn, you know, all that MVP talk about Justin Herbert into legit talk. Um, Because, I mean, Herbert is, I still think, a good QB. He just Mm -hmm. happened to be coached by Brandon Staley, (laughs) which I still wish he was a coach (laughs) somewhere. (laughs) Because that's been a great running bit is how is Brandon Staley going to lose football games? Because it always happens. It's just how, <laughs> but yeah, I'll turn it to you guys, your coach, uh, your head coaching, your thoughts on coaches and changes. And then Zach will give us his Philly intake. <laughs> yeah, it was, I agree. I think Harbaugh to the Chargers is going to be a really good fit. It seems, I mean, he's a uh, proven to be a pretty good, you know, quarterback whisperer, if you will. I mean, he, JJ McCarthy turned out pretty well, uh, had Kaepernick back in San Francisco and, got them to the Super Bowl back then, so I, I think Herbert and Harbaugh could be a, a force to reckon with. It'll be interesting to see. Um, Chargers 
have. I mean, they got a lot of playmakers. Keenan Allen's getting a little, little older, and Austin Eckler's getting up there too. But I mean, they they've got some pieces around, and I mean, they've got some solid anchors on defense too that should should help them in that uh, realm. And I mean, the big thing is they just don't have Brandon Staley coaching them anymore, so that should automatically bump them up a few points at least. But um, yeah, I think it's a good fit. It'll be interesting to see how it works out. Um, I think they're giving him a lot of money. I don't remember. I don't think they've released anything. Zach, but I thought it was a high number, preliminarily <laughs> at least. I think Just it was like twelve whatever. and a half yeah. million. Yeah, for like uh, like per year. Yeah, which is which is a lot. A lot. I mean, big name. I mean, he's proven he can he can do a lot. But if it doesn't work out, that's a lot of money tied up. That might get him so. a studio apartment out in, uh, out in LA. <laughs> might. <laughs> right here, rent out there is expensive. He gets two cardboard boxes on the side. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I I think between the rest of the head coaching hires, um, the one that interests me the most, I think, is Raheem Morris to the Falcons. Um, partly again because Belichick didn't get picked for that job, but also I know Raheem Morris has been um, a candidate for a couple cycles now. And I mean, mm-hmm. the LA Rams defense isn't exactly a pushover. <laughs> I mean, they've had Aaron Donald angering right. them for the most part, but I mean, they've had a lot of turnover on that defense and every year they've been pretty solid. And so it'll be interesting Jaylen to see Ramsey. how that. And Jalen Ramsey also came out and said that like, uh, basically congratulated him because he's mm-hmm. like one of the, and the guy, I think Jalen Ramsey basically was like, um, Atlanta got one of, if not the best coach yeah. on the market. And it's like, damn. I mean, I get it. You you gas your guys up, but like, right. that's that's mm-hmm. praise. That's praise. Yeah. yeah. And so it'll be, I mean, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, he's obviously defensive minded coach, so I'm sure he'll he'll prop up that Falcons defense. It'll be interesting to see, though, what. What he does with the offense, if he actually uses Bijan Robinson and Kyle Fitz. I was just going to say, if he does that, I think everybody in Atlanta will be happy regardless of what happens. (laughs) Just feed your guys. Yeah. And it'll be interesting, too, to see what uh, direction they go with the quarterback, too, because they're Desmond Ritter and I think Mariota was the backup. Yeah, it was nobody good. Yeah, that's. (laughs) No, Mariota was in. Mariota was in Philly. Oh. So. Oh, yeah. it was um uh Heineke. That's what it was from yeah. uh Washington. Gross. Yeah. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that offense hopefully evolves because they have the potential. But but yeah, I I think Raheem Morris, I know he was a candidate for the Vikings back a couple of years when we were looking for head coach, and uh, a lot of people have been just impressed with what he's done. So mm-hmm. uh, I think that'll be that's my main uh kind of interest i guess for for the head coaching cycle i'll go ahead and pass it over to zach on his his takes on head coaching and what what he thinks for his uh coordinators going forward well i'll start with the head coach part of things because i think the biggest key interest that i took outside of harbaugh was bill belichick didn't get picked up by anyone and i think now in my i mean i don't know if this is true i have nothing to back this up or anything but my assumption is that he's up there in age and a lot of places don't want to, I mean, the Falcons at the, at one point seemed like the main landing spot for him. Like he had two or three interviews. People were like, yeah, this is where he's going. And then all of a sudden he's not going there anymore. My, my thought is, you know, he's getting up there in age. He probably doesn't, isn't going to be coaching much more might be doing the Brady thing where he would go and 
do it for three or four more years and then call it a, call it a career. I don't think a lot of head co- like teams are going to want that. I think a lot of them are going to be trying, especially the ones that are on the the market that were on the market. I guess not anymore. Um, yeah, I, that I think was the really key thing for me was um, that uh, has somebody been? I I maybe I missed it or forgot. Did somebody go to the Seahawks yet? Because no. I know Pete Carroll. No. So that one's still Seattle open. and Washington are the two open. Okay. Positions, okay. which that would be hilarious to see Bill Belichick <laughs> having to work with uh, Pete Carroll in the front office. I would, would I would pay funny. good money to see that. That would be hilarious. <laughs> um, this is definitely much more of a personal reason, but like you said, Nate, I'm curious to see how uh, Atlanta does with Raheem Morris. More so, I want to see who he hires as his uh, offensive coordinator and how, mm. kind of how they go about that because. On my fantasy team, I have Kyle Pitts, who is is probably <laughs> going to be a really good player, but had the worst luck ever with his head coach the last couple of years. So I don't know. I was I was actually hoping that Kyle Pitts would go to the Eagles, and that was a chance that he might have, you know, when he was drafted, but he didn't. So I know Tyson would agree with you because he is the owner of uh, Bijan. So <laughs> I I can attest to how infuriated he was with how much he did not get used oh, this year. <laughs> it was, it, and I, and I understand a lot of it was probably because, you know, the quarterback woes, but like, come on, like you've got two probably pretty premier players. You mm-hmm. probably, you could probably lean on them a bit. Now that is what it is, but uh, yeah. And then for the Eagles side of things, um, I love Vic. Well, so that's not even been officially announced yet, but everybody keeps it's the rumor. Like, yeah. Like yeah. the, the hot goss is that he's apparently officially like moving back to Philadelphia and all that. He was supposed to be the coordinator last year. And then uh, by the time that they got around to it, he had already gone to Miami. So I guess a bunch, basically it's all lining up for him to go there now. So it's at this point, all but confirmed. So, Mm -hmm. but I like it. Um, Both Jonathan Gannon and then Sean Desai, who was last year's coordinator for most of the year. Uh, are both like from the Fangio tree, if you will. So if that's the scheme that the front office wants to run and the head coach wants to run, why not go get the guy that invented the scheme? <laughs> and I like I like that. I think it's going to be a good fit. Obviously, you know, this is off season, so all the Kool-Aid is coming through. Um, Kellen Moore is the only one in terms of the offensive coordinator that I've seen that has a whole lot of weight. Um, there's been a couple others, but not nearly as much. I think those are just kind of rumors as like who could be the offensive coordinator. Um, personally, I don't have a problem with Kellen Moore. Um, I don't think going to the chargers specifically, I don't think the offense was always the problem. Some of the stuff he ran might've been, but I, I don't think necessarily his offensive scheming is the problem. He did really well for the most part at Dallas. Um, that might be my only hang up is that he was at Dallas. So I don't know. I'm sure as a, as a person that has a, you know, made millions of dollars as a coach probably doesn't really care about alliances in that way, but you never know. Um, Inside man. Yeah, well, and who knows, maybe he'll be like, Oh, Philly's way better. I don't know. But yeah. Um, with the offensive coordinator, we'll see. But, uh, in terms of Vic Fangio, uh, I'm all on board with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's great. Um, I don't really have anything else on the other head coaches by any means. Not that there's a problem with any of them. I just, the thing that I've noticed, and this isn't a bad thing is just that, yeah, I think we're finally starting to see, uh, (laughs) well, you know, we had the Eagles had Matt Patricia who then took over at the end of the year for defense, which was 
a decision, which was quite a decision. Um, he's he's an example, and I don't know what it's like to be a coach, but I don't understand how he keeps essentially failing upwards. Um, I mean, he's not head coach anymore, uh, anywhere, obviously, but like, I'm sure he'll get hired somewhere. I don't know why, but like, uh, you know, the names that we're talking about now are well, outside of, you know, Jim Harbaugh and whatnot, but people like that are different. They're it's fresh blood essentially. And I, it could, it might work. It might not, we don't know, but I think we're finally starting to see new, you know, new eras of coaches, which to me is, which is great. So I love that. Um, and then, yeah, I guess a perfect little, little switcheroo to, I mean, that's, that's basically all the NFL stuff, but with Jim Harbaugh leaving Michigan, mm-hmm. it kind of opens up the door to, um, you know, what are they going to do at Michigan? Which what's his name? Sharon. Yeah. Uh, Sharon yeah. Sharon Moore. Yeah. That's, I, I think that's probably the biggest, the biggest uh, headline is mm-hmm. Michigan. I mean, you guys basically hit upon it. Uh, to me, though, the biggest thing that came out this last week before we recorded was um, the tight end for Miami getting granted his <laughs> yes. ninth year of eligibility. <laughs> what is that? So I, he was in the same draft class, or I guess recruiting class, I should say, as Jalen Hurts. And uh, Jalen Hurts has been in the league for quite some time already. So... They were both recruited at the same time. And one is what three three, four years in the NFL now? And yeah, the other think, is yeah. uh playing his ninth year of college football. <laughs> in other words, he's old. He needs to yes. get out of college. Yeah. And I think, you know, I would obviously probably a lot of that is medical red shirts. You know, you get the free COVID year eligibility as well. And I will be happy once we are finally out of the woods of the COVID eligibility shindig because that is and that's why we keep seeing these super seniors these grad transfers that are in their sixth seventh year of playing whatever sport this is beyond super senior this is (laughs) yeah this is uh senior discount senior like come on guy get out of school uh two four-year semesters plus a grad year essentially uh you know it's basically like you know if you went to med school without going to med school (laughs) and still playing football (laughs) <laughs> he's got high hopes yes i mean the ncaa granted it so uh, yeah maybe there's something there is something they'll grant a ninth year of eligibility but if someone wants to transfer, transfer. Close to mm-hmm. plays, <laughs> i don't know <laughs> well and they denied bad for the sport they denied uh to baby Tua's yeah uh waiver didn't they yeah that's so- why i said he's going to the nfl which makes sense, you know. I think he's got a shot to do that, but like, right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, I think well, a lot of just other minor, you know, transfers, coaching changes. Uh, Bill O'Brien now going to Ohio State. I I think it's to be their OC, if I'm not mistaken, or some uh, sort of. I, I think, don't know. Yeah, I, I was talking with someone at work who's an Ohio State fan. I think the plan is. To- put him at quarterback coach because he was the guy that recruited which i mean another story but uh that julian saying who's going to ohio state yes um, who decommitted from alabama after saban and then was now recruited him to alabama so they're i think Mm -hmm. they're bringing him in to be quarterback coach for him to 
So does it strike you guys then that Ohio State is on the like the natty or bus train with this? Oh yeah. Regardless of regardless of what we think about some no money out. (laughs) And now and now granted, given everything that's happened with Michigan with, you know, you JJ McCarthy and Corum both going to the NFL, Harbaugh's leaving. Um, I think now they're like realizing, okay, now, yeah, we didn't get Michigan at their best, but now this is the time to kind of reverse the scale again mm-hmm. and get back on track of being dominant over Michigan. Um, so yeah, that's that's how I've taken like all these NIL moves, these coaching uh, going to Ohio State and everything is they're just, yeah, they're throwing literally every single dollar that they have of NIL at these kids and saying, yeah, this is the time to go get Michigan now when they're down type of thing. Yeah. But then, yeah, uh, yeah, that's at least outside of, you know, the sad news that uh, Georgia's mascot did pass away this past week. Um, I Uga, had wondered how was it. Uga, I don't I, I don't know the what their names. The 10th. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say there's definitely more than five. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know if it's pronounced Uga or like Uga or whatever, but Uga. Well, all of the above. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's. It's also if you've ever uh, have leaned into Big Cat's bits about mascots that pass away, he always hammers the team the next time they play of the mascot that passed away because that's usually the mascot revenge game after somebody dies. So, oh, that uh, poor FCS team that's going to have to go yeah Georgia in the <laughs> Georgia, new they, season is that's going to be pummeled. the uh, mascot revenge game out of the <laughs> season. <laughs> It's going to be like 108 to mm-hmm. to 7 or something. It's just like <laughs> the worst score of a game you've ever seen. Right. But then I think outside of that, the uh, bit of Nebraska news uh, centered is we got the announcement of the spring game and the time of the spring game uh, for this year. It's April 27th at 11 a.m. And I remember Treb briefly talking about it, that it's that early because I think both baseball and softball play that day which I would assume those are probably afternoon or nighttime stuff. So which is probably why the spring game is early in the morning so that fans can go, you know, to both of those events afterwards and not have all three going on at once. But nonetheless, that'll be, uh, you know, our first chance to see some resemblance of Dylan and probably Carter Nelson and, you know, these highly touted guys that we're all bringing in, you know, it's going to be like every other spring game is, you know, we'll probably see them for a series or two and then we'll see the backups the rest of the way. But um, yeah, just, it'll obviously just be a lot more of intriguing, you know, outside of, you know, last year's spring game with a first year, you know, get your first chance to look at Matt rules. You know, you get your first chance to look at one of the top rated recruits in all of the nation um, at the helms for the next, hopefully four years, but I'm going to guess it's three at least. <laughs> but be, uh, yeah, it's exciting. Rayla and Kalen. Kalen, yeah, Daniel and Kalen, and then I mean, Catherine Harvard in there. He's right. He's still I there. <laughs> I still imagine they're probably going to try to bring in some other portal QB, even mm-hmm. if it's just for just experience and depth in the QB room. Because yeah, I mean, right now you have two freshmen and then a guy that only played quarterback until last year type thing. Um at least more consistently. So I still imagine Nebraska is probably going to go try to get some sort of experience death in that room, uh, just so that you have somebody there in case you know something that does happen or anything like that. But yeah, it's going to be fun seeing, you know, Dylan and Daniel square off, you know, even just the spring, but then all of summer and fall camp and everything like mm-hmm. that. Um, 
you know, we all just obviously going to expect that Dylan is going to be the starter. Um, and, you know, rightfully so just for how much he's talked about, but um, yeah, it's good to see just that, ex- that competition there. And we'll get our first chance to look at that when that does happen as well. So uh, nice get that, uh, just that taste of Kool-Aid. Yes. Just, just some nice spring, some spring, uh, spring Kool-Aid just to get us over the yep. dead period of the summer that will yep. happen. <laughs> you know, you just know as soon as Dylan completes a pass, whether it's to Carter, just to anybody, or like runs for two it's yards. It's Carter and for like a touchdown. It, right. Natty, that, Natty that I'm sure, I'm sure <laughs> that the spring game will probably sell out and then the entire stadium will go absolutely bizarre. Right. So. Mm-hmm. But it was just like, you know, I know last year the first play was the fullback dive in honor of Frank Solich. But, I mean, it's the same thing. It's like, you know, that's Nebraska wants to see that type of eye formation, either option or fullback dive again, and just have that back in Nebraska football. And, you know, it's it's going to be the same reaction as people are going to get up and cheer for like a two-yard, you know, fullback run. But it's the fact that, you know, you saw it again. You know, it's what Rule has preached, that he wants to get the running game back, to, back in Nebraska and what it has been, you know, what made it itself in the 90s and all of that but yeah i think outside of that unless you guys have any more ncaa news that we want to talk about not really news just a thought but yeah sorry nate this is just before i forget it but (laughs) um something that going back to the michigan thing that i just remembered was uh i'm sure this is more of a college thing not necessarily just a michigan thing but in this case it's important because michigan has basically come out and said, you know, they require um, seven days to essentially like open up the the job opening and then hire somebody. So it's likely that Sharon Moore is going to get it, but they have to wait seven days. Now, what I don't know is if, if until a new coach is announced, you know, I don't know when that 30 day window opens, but I would assume it's when Harbaugh said, Hey, I'm going to LA. Like I would assume that's when that starts. So, you know, if that happens and they have seven days to fill that, that's basically a week, Mm -hmm. a whole week that they can't really do anything. Although I'm sure they're doing stuff in the background, but I would love to get Ernest Hausman back. I mean, we, his freshman year was like, you know, (laughs) all of us have the same thought of, man, if you keep this kid, he's going to be a stud. And, you know, by Mm -hmm. junior, you know, sophomore, junior year, just being a dominant linebacker and hopefully, you know, I mean, I don't ever want to, you know, put no will on a kid, but hopefully he just sees that Tony White's defense was no joke last year and he wants to come back and be a part of that dominant defense and run that linebacker, linebacker core. Um, mm. You know, love to have, you know, I don't, I didn't follow how much he actually played at Michigan last year. Um, mm. But, you know, he probably got great coaching experience up there, got to be a part of a national winning team. And I say, wouldn't hurt to have someone who won an right. Eddie just have that experience on the in the group you know right yeah hopefully he wants to come back and be a part of the more dominant tony white defense in year two god i hope but, so could you right. get more dominant <laughs> i I'll give him a raise I'm here for it, I'm here for it. <laughs> now it's your turn nate sorry yeah I no i was just sure I got gonna, that out. <laughs> kind of building on to the hype of the spring game kind of the newcomers uh we had I watched uh, the Polynesian Bowl or part of the Polynesian Bowl. Yeah, um, I think it was probably you and the media members that had to cover yeah. it. And then I was talking <laughs> about it, of who actually cared to watch it. Yeah, I watched I, some highlights on Twitter. Admittedly, <laughs> there wasn't a whole lot else sports-wise going on. I'm like, oh, Polynesian Bowl. Really? <laughs> Cardinals are playing in that. We'll, we'll check it out. But Right. 
Um, yeah, it was it was a bit of a rough kind of first half for Rayola, but he he kind of found his footing in the second half and had a couple touchdowns and led him to the victory. He had a couple uh, kind of fun passes, plays. Uh, Carter Nelson, uh, it Carter Nelson looked really good. I know I've seen a lot of people are like. We're not sure if eight man's gonna, you know, transition to mm-hmm. one man division one football, but he looked comfortable in it. Looked, I mean, he's just really, really good athlete. And I was gonna say, I think I, it can be agreed upon whether it's eight man, 11 man, whatever football you play. If you're a good athlete mm-hmm. in your sport, you're gonna yeah. probably that's probably gonna translate. You know, you might not have exactly the same skill set as everybody else coming in, but I think it'll mm-hmm. be fine. Yeah, it, it, I'm, I'm excited to see the. Fedoni Carter Nelson tight end stack next year at least, and that, I, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I just, it looked I, good. It looked good. <laughs> That's all. I, I remember say. seeing a specific <laughs> highlight where uh, it was Riola two Carter for like mm-hmm. I don't know. It was it was a pretty decently long pass. Um, yep. The worst part was the camera angle was not very clear. Yeah. So like, I'm sitting there watching on my phone. I'm like, what is going on? Oh, oh, there it is. It took me a solid five or six times watching it. But. Right. Yeah. And the other weird thing was that Mike Zimmer was the coach for the oh. team that Ryla and Nelson were on. I was like, oh, this is weird Vikings flashbacks. But <laughs> why? <laughs> but yeah, that was, that was just kind of my uh, other, other two cents on college football stuff so well let's go let's go to the orange ball then the a lot happened on monday in terms of nba (laughs) news whether you were focused on zach and i's Bulls sons matchup or you were focused on everybody else that decided let's go for scoring records on monday (laughs) yeah um so as i mean i found out very quickly like Kevin Durant is still very, very, very good at basketball. <laughs> you love to see it. I love uh, to see it. I don't love to see it considering the Bulls had a 23-point uh, lead in that game and lost. So that tells you about all you need to know about how the Bulls' uh, season is going so far. Uh, but yeah, like, I, again, figured out why Kevin Durant is still very good at basketball. He had, I think, 10 points at half and then finished with 43. So uh, he had what the kids say is a good second half uh, is what I would call that. <laughs> yep. Just uh, so, the kids are saying, yes, that. just the kids are saying that nobody else. <laughs> and then while that's going on, you know, you get Joel Embiid who dropped 70 for the 76ers on Monday. You had cat for the Timberwolves who dropped 62 in a, uh, what is that? A 128 to 125 loss. Yep. The Charlotte Hornets. The Charlotte Hornets who were nine and thirty-one yep. at that point on Monday. Who then last night lost to the Pistons, actually. So it's going great in Minnesota. Who lost to <laughs> the, the worst, <laughs> arguably the worst NBA team in the, the league right now. Yeah. But Cat had 44 points in the first half, which I believe is I don't know if it's an NBA record, but it was close to like most points in the first oh, half ever ever <laughs> imagine yeah. being that on fire and franchise record losing. for most points in a game and then yeah, yeah. i can't i, I, I looked Sun's at the box fan, score but... there were two other players in double digits scoring and <sighs> that was it yeah Ouch. i'm sure nate you've seen it if you haven't seen the charlotte hornets announcer's reaction to just cat <laughs> 
threes all night long. <laughs> you would have thought they were, you know, <laughs> announcing for the Timberwolves. They were just yep. so hyped. <laughs> they were just like, oh, yeah, he did it again. <laughs> I mean, when you get to a certain point like that, though, if somebody's just that on fire, regardless mm-hmm. of who you're for, it's like this This is mm-hmm. something that you don't see very often. You, yeah. you can't not be hype about it, especially in basketball. Right. And so, I mean, yeah, a lot yeah. happened on Monday. A lot of not good things for me personally, but it's fine. <laughs> it's whatever. Uh, some good things for other players and other teams. Uh, you know, Nate's good for his player, not good for his team. And then everything worked out for Zach. So I guess somebody somebody had to win it, win it all, right? <laughs> That's then, all right, because then the Suns followed that up and they beat um, one of their rivals in the Mavericks. I think that was yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, yeah, like I, I, uh, they, they, they did them pretty good there. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, that's yeah. Good. The Suns are uh, hot right now, is what they what started. Yeah. They started uh, very uh, slow. <laughs> God, I, I just now caught that. Uh, they started really slow, but they've definitely caught caught fire. <laughs> uh, yeah, the last, <laughs> they've definitely caught fire the last few weeks. Uh, you know, dropped a couple here and there. It's going to, ha- that's, and that's kind of, that was going to be my overarching point though, too. Like, yeah, it sucks that Nate's team lost to the Hornets, but I mean, that happens. I mean, yeah. we bounced back in a rough game against the Wizards last night. <laughs> I mean, go back to the NFL too. The Panthers won a couple games too, and nobody thought they yeah. were going to at a certain point. So, mm-hmm. yeah. unfortunately, we did uh, drop out of our 65 day reign of number one in the West, the OKC Thunder have uh, taken the top spot i where they i'm from that yeah exactly when i took <laughs> i whatever day i texted you both i'm like when did the sun like the thunder become 27 and something i thought they were bad <laughs> i thought they were middle jay gilders alexander is a baller and chet holmgren has surprised me as well <laughs> and they're all doing it without josh giddy they're doing it with Josh Giddy, but they should. Oh, he's still a lot to play. I thought yeah. He was a oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, the NBA is like the NFL then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think the bigger, you know, outside of the Tristan Thompson news, which extremely funny. I just love, I, and I, I know I typed this, but I still think it was hilarious. Cause this, I typed this at like eight in the morning. I just said that Tristan Thompson was suspended for 25 games because of drugs. <laughs> That's all you need to know. <laughs> I mean, what happened? Like, Shoes, Oh man. Nice. <laughs> but That's then the, I, think... that, I thought that was going to be the biggest headline. And then what you're going to, what I assume you're yeah. going to say next. Yep, absolutely. Is what was the is... biggest headline? I was like, how did this one happen? If, uh, if most NBA teams were 30 and 13 right now, would you say we should get rid of our head coach? Right. That seems like a good idea to do mid season is we're a top, one of the top teams in the East, we should get rid of our coach, right? Um, Most logical coaches like the Celtics probably wouldn't do that. Now, if you're a fan of the Milwaukee Bucks, on the other hand, your ownership might say like, yeah, the team hates this guy. Let's get him out. And uh, number two in the East, they're tied for like the second best record in the NBA. And then you just got Damian Lillard in the off season to help your team. And then you're like, no, we don't need this head coach guy anymore. Well, that was, that thing is like, they're the, what I've heard is they're upset that their defense hasn't been good, but you traded away Drew Holiday, who's probably their top defender, for Damian Lillard, mm-hmm. who doesn't play defense. Mm-hmm. No offense, he's a great player, great scorer, but 
his defense isn't uh, isn't quite Drew Holiday, and to have that be your gripe about <laughs> why you need to fire your coaches is kind of but, funny. But uh, but not only I, is it that they got rid of their head coach, it's, it's who, who they, they followed it up with. <laughs> <laughs> like what Which are we doing? Astonishing news, I think, outside of the firing. <laughs> Doc Rivers, like what? He just he gets a job, whatever. No matter what he does, you want to you want to talk about a guy that's failed upwards. Yeah, it's Doc Rivers. He yeah, like Zach said, he'll fail upwards. He'll get fired, sit around for a little bit, and then whatever team needs to coach, like you know, he might do it this time. He still has good experience. We'll get Doc Rivers on our team. I don't think, and I mean, I don't, I don't know how to coach anything. I I fully admit that, but I can't imagine. That he he because he doesn't sit around long. That's the other thing. Is like he didn't coach, but then mm-hmm. all of a sudden it's like here he is again. It's like what? I just I don't get it. I don't get it. He might be a great players coach. I'm sure he is. I see players seem to love him wherever he goes. Kind of, but like some mixed views there. Yeah, I was gonna say, but that's the thing. Is like what's the draw? Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess. To add on to the NBA news, the uh, All Stars just got announced. The starters for the All Stars uh, just dropped. So for your East, your five starters right now. We they're probably still deciding the reserves as we speak. But at least for your starters for the East, will be Giannis. Obviously, no surprise. Uh, no I guess none of these are really surprises. <laughs> I guess to me, but uh, then you have Joel Embiid again. No surprise. Uh, Damian Lillard. I guess kind of a surprise, but really no surprise at the same time. You have Jason Tatum, not a surprise. And then uh, Tyrese Halliburton, which I think is deserved. Yeah, for sure. And then on the West, you have, I guess, you guys can probably guess who the captain of the West is. If his uh, name is it, is it, uh, let me guess. Um, uh, uh... <laughs> if his name rhymes with uh, Jabron Lames. DeAndre Ayton. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I doubt it. Not the West team anymore. <laughs> He's on the Trailblazers. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's the West team. <laughs> but uh, yeah, your captain of the West team, LeBron, which I think they just said passes uh, Kareem's all time uh, all star selection now. So he now, I think, is the most all star voted player uh, at 20 times, I believe, is what they said, which, yeah, like I said, passes Kareem, who. Kind of was a good basketball player, believe it or not. You know, some might say was, one of the better ones. All right at the uh, sports ball in his uh, time. Yeah, just just all right. He and then you have uh, Luca, no surprise. KD, no surprise. Uh, Shy, uh, Gildas Alexander again, no surprise. And then the Joker, no surprise either. So those are your starters for the NBA All Star team, if you cared. But I don't think any of those are really surprises at the same time either. We'll just kind of see who gets the reserve roles. And I think that's the more interesting. I like seeing who the reserves are because that kind of then tells you like who are outside of like your top household names, who are, who does the league think are the better players right now? Um, and, up you and know, comers. yeah, you're up and comers and we'll see, you know, who gets selected with that whenever that comes out. But uh, I think unless you have any other NBA news, from either one of you nothing huge other than all the right. wizards, other than the wizards promoting brian keith to interim head coach yep chief keith chief, chief, <laughs> chief. no 
<laughs> oh well, I guess uh, I guess Heat got Terry Rozier, Rozier, Kyle Lowry, Rozier. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I'm not good with names. <laughs> and then the other one is just in trade news. It looks. I don't know if this is, has much weight to it. This was just on ESPN, but it sounds like the Lakers are trying to get Dejounte. Dejounte. That's Dejounte. That sounds like a Nate note, so he probably knows how to say it. Dejounte Murray from the Hawks. That that looks like a cooking ingredient. I will agree with you on that one. <laughs> or like like a method of cooking, like you know, like sous vide is a thing. Like that, that's what that. Is. <laughs> that's how you say that? You dejounted. it. Um, all right. Well, on the other side of Orange Ball, what's got your NCAA news? So. A lot of, I'll kind of save the Nebraska specifics for after we get done talking about the overall thing, because that one I think we can talk a little bit more in depth about. But uh, you have some big upsets uh, kind of over the past week. Um, I know Kentucky lost. I don't remember who they lost to, but I know they lost. They were number six. Yeah, they lost to South Carolina uh, with that. Um, I think, who else lost? Um Oh, yeah, uh, Northwestern, which also very much impacts Nebraska um, in terms of just kind of a quad resume booster. Um, it's quite a bit last night, um, too, is, yeah. yeah, Northwestern knocks off number 11, I think, Illinois at the time, or whatever rank Illinois was in overtime, um, which, I mean, you got to feel really good about as a Nebraska fan just because, you know, over the past week, you beat Northwestern at home, and then Northwestern goes on the road and knocks off a ranked team. Um, at the same time, I think it was on the road. I think it was at Northwestern. Okay, but, never mind. Yeah. Either way, Still Northwestern, Northwestern gets another ranked win. Um, Andy, they, nobody, uh, nobody wins on the road. Either, in the Big I'm 10. sorry, nobody wins on the road <laughs> in the Big Ten. Clearly, because they lost. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, Northwestern knocked off Purdue and Illinois, and Nebraska's already beaten Northwestern once. I know Nebraska has to go play Northwestern again here um, in a little bit, but still really really good for just a resume booster for Nebraska. You know, if Northwestern keeps on this track, that win eventually probably gets moved up to a quad one, uh, which just gets Nebraska another quad one win. But, you know, that's you're hoping that Northwestern kind of holds on to that. And, you know, they're probably saying the same thing with us is they want us to keep winning. So then that quad two loss kind of looks more like a quad one loss in the end at the same time. But um, yeah, I think that's a really big, just for Nebraska, uh, in terms of trying to build their resume as well. Uh, Wisconsin, you know, Minnesota gave them a little bit of scare, but I think Wisconsin pulled uh, pulled one off in the barn up in Minnesota. Um, you know, they're they're probably one of the more consistent Big Ten road teams right now. Um, and Wisconsin's really good. I mean, I know they beat Nebraska, but at the same time, Nebraska – Nebraska still scored like 70 plus in that Wisconsin game. And, you know, Wisconsin just shot the ball better. Um, you know, it's Wisconsin one of those... could not miss in that yeah. game. No, they, <laughs> it just... it's, it's one of those games. It's like, you know, I, I think they said one of those stats is like the guy, one of their tall men who was like only taking five, three pointers all year hit made like two that game. So it was just one of those games where like everybody that wasn't making shots uh, historically was making shots against us. But kind of goes on track too. But. That's straight up and the we're... worst thing about basketball, though, is like mm-hmm. there are yeah. just some games where it's like, and you know, you can sit there and be like, they like Nebraska did not play bad against Wisconsin. They right. had they made some pretty questionable decisions, yeah, in certain parts, but like they didn't play bad. Mm-hmm. Wisconsin just they could have shot a half court shot, 
and they would have nailed it. It's just like, mm-hmm. what is going on? Oh, yeah. The likelihood of them making it was higher than it wasn't. It's like, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's crazy to me. Some games mm-hmm. are just lost that way. Uh, that's that's funny just how basketball <clears throat> is at the same time. You know, it, it definitely applies to Nebraska too. I mean, if you don't, except you can apply that to the last two games is, you know, if rank mask isn't on against Ohio state or um, if case and CJ Wilster aren't on against Northwestern, you know, those games turn out completely differently than they yeah. did. So um, that's just, that's true with every Nebraska game. And, you know, it, it's held, held true against Rutgers and uh, Iowa is, you know, if Jawan Gary doesn't go down against Rutgers is what's that game turn out. Do they Nebraska still find a way to hold on? Do they not get out rebounded as badly as they did? Um, you know, that probably still happened, but yeah, um, yeah, with that, I think before we really dive into Nebraska or uh, some kind of Creighton notes, if you two had any other thoughts just on the general NCAA parody, basketball. Parody <laughs> in the NCAA is alive and well. Mm-hmm. I think uh, North Carolina looks looks really good. I, I know I'm like part North Carolina fan, but they look, <laughs> the, as of late, they look pretty solid, and their only losses are to I think, UConn, Kentucky, and someone else but like mm-hmm. they're they're hitting their stride and they've got a lot of guys returning so they're they could be an interesting interesting team in the tournament uh obviously right. UConn, UConn Purdue are at one and two but Carolina's at three in there mm-hmm. yeah just looking at this top 25 is so it's so interesting to me because I'm so like and I'm I like am still working on getting into like college basketball more so like I'm just going off of like the overarching umbrella idea of college basketball from the past for me. But mm-hmm. like to see that Duke is number 12 when previously they were always like top five. And I mean, I understand, you know, coach K has been gone for a while now, but like still just like mm-hmm. Duke was always one of those names where it's like, man, I always remember them being really good. And that by no means is 12 bad, mm-hmm. but like not 12, I was, you know, mm-hmm. top 10 at least. And it's just crazy to see some of these other teams in here. Right. That are, I mean, heck, Nebraska beat Purdue and Purdue's the number, they were the number one team, but they're now the number two team. Like, still not yeah. a bad thing. UConn still looks really good, too. Despite if, uh, losing Sudogo yeah. and everybody. Yep. If Nebraska could just start winning some road games, which <laughs> yeah. we, we've already kind of touched on, it's impossible to do in the Big Ten, obviously. Yeah. But And they, yeah, we'll just kind of jump right into that, uh, more Nebraska specific. But yeah, this upcoming weekend, they take on Maryland at Maryland. Um, you know, just another, I, Maryland's probably, I think probably a quad two at the moment. Um, if not very close to a quad three, but you know, they just picked up a win, I think uh, against Iowa. So that's, uh, you know, big for their resume, just kind of getting back with Maryland's 12 and eight. You know, if you just basically go off record wise, you're like, oh, Nebraska probably should win this game. Nonetheless, it's still Nebraska ball. There's still plenty of growing kits to go around because it happens every year. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I think this is, you know, this is the time to try to get that first true Big Ten road win. You know, they already have a road win from Kansas State earlier this year, but they don't have a conference road win yet. Because, um, you know, after Maryland, you know, you have really, really, really three tough games of Wisconsin, Illinois, and Northwestern all right back in a row. So um, trying to get, trying to keep that momentum from the past two games and beating Maryland, taking into two ranked teams and Northwestern might be ranked if they keep winning by the time we play them again, too. Um, so definitely huge, huge task in front of Nebraska going out on the road this weekend. But, you know, the past two games were at home against Northwestern. They etched that one out 75 to 69. 
and then uh, against Ohio State, which uh, 83 to 69, which was the uh, ranked mass game, as we will come to know uh, for sure. Um, what was great about that Ohio State game is after afterwards they were interviewing ranked mask, and they were like, you know, at, when, at first, when did you think that uh, all those threes were going to start falling down? And he goes, probably when I hit that sidestep three and swished it. You know, the the entire basket just kind of turned into a giant hole. Because I mean, you you don't typically think your center is going to go six from eight from three every single game, and uh, that's what Rank Mass did. Um, I he was certainly you know top ten all time of most points scored in Nebraska game history. Um, I know the fans wanted to keep uh, getting on the ball more, try to see if he can get close to that record of breaking. I think the record is forty two for yeah, most Teddy points. Yeah, Teddy Allen. Telling yeah, yeah uh, for most points scored in Nebraska game. So, uh, nonetheless, you know it's good to see him kind of have the game that he did because I thought the past couple of games he was kind of average. Not what we kind of saw from him at the beginning of the season. Um, kind of taken a little time off, but then certainly came out did what he did. I think he's probably the bloodiest guy on the court every single game. There's always there's always a stoppage every single game. Cause he's bleeding from some new place just because <laughs> for how much he just, he loves taking hits. He loves just being physical. And, you know, if you see him on like on TV, like he's got a giant, like shoulder scratch, his forearms are just so mm. scabbed and cut and bruised and everything <laughs> just from being a physical center in the big 10, which is what you need to be. Yep. But um, nonetheless, I think they were true, you know, two really good, important wins for Nebraska. Um, you know, Nebraska certainly followed up their turnover roles with a very much carefree turnover game against Ohio State. I think they finished with 17 against Northwestern and then came back with only six turnovers against Ohio State this time around. So I think it was a really good bounce back from taking care of the ball um, at that point. And I think that's the biggest thing I've seen from this Nebraska team is um, it's, you know, it's it's really a collective team effort is, you know, you're going to have your guys that are on you know, on point every single game, whether it's Casey taking over CJ Wilcher or rank mass taking over, you know, you're always probably going to have one guy that is going to be the star of the game. But I think Nebraska now has a much more depth in terms of no matter who Fred sends out on the court, it's not like, Oh, I'm taking my starters off the court. We're going to go on, you know, give up a 20 nothing run type thing. Mm -hmm. It's Fred can kind of plug in anybody off his bench and you still have the good Nebraska uh, team that is out there that is playing good physical defense that you don't have to worry about. Oh, we need to give like Casey a two minute rest. Cause we need him back out there on the offense. Um, you know, in Casey only finished with five against Ohio state and, you know, Nebraska still kind of blew them out in the second half without much production from him. So um, I think that's very reassuring that we all kind of thought this was going to be Casey's team starting the season. And we've kind of figured out that it's going to be whoever's the hot hand that night, but they still play really good team basketball, uh, which is something that, we haven't seen under Fred, certainly, um, but just having a really complete roster for this year, I think, has made me feel a little bit more at ease, but I'm still kind of on edge because, you know, it's Nebraska basketball. It happens every single year. Uh, but, yeah, I'll take it to one of you guys. Just your thoughts on the past couple of games and just what we've seen so far from the season. Yeah, it's it. I think you touched on the really big thing is it's they're playing team ball for the most part. And it's not going to be just one person that's racking up the points every night. It could be KSA one night, could be Rick Bass the next night, you know, Bryce Williams or Jawan Gary another night. And uh, they're 
like you said, there's depth. Josiah Alec uh, can come off the bench. CJ Wolf just been a, just amazing sixth man. Mm-hmm. Um, Sam Hoiberg is putting in just great defensive minutes, and it's they're not really playing as much hero ball as we've seen kind of in past years. And I mean, they've yeah. had to, or it's <laughs> you have your three, four guys, and then the rest is kind of a little iffy on the back end. So yeah. It's, it's not nice like to you're trying it. to rely on Teron Petaway or Bryce McGowan's mm-hmm. or any of those single guys to kind of lead you towards the end of the season. It's mm-hmm. yeah. It's whoever's going to be, whoever has the hot hand, you feed them. But at the same time, you can get that from any of those guys. It's just, who is it going to be on a certain night? Yeah. Yeah. And so it, I don't know if they're, they're fun to watch. Yeah, they got to clean up, you know, the, the road stuff, but when, yeah. when they're at home and they're on they're they look like a really good team and they, look like they can make a run it i mean just gotta gotta keep keep making it through kind of the grind of the season like you said we got uh, wisconsin illinois northwestern all in a row coming up early february the schedule gets a lot easier after that um, mm-hmm. i think I'll play michigan twice penn state a lot of kind of the bottom half of the big 10 to finish right. out the season but i mean it's important if you, you want wanna, those quality quad one wins yeah, for the resume stacking those yep and the one thing I did see that was different from um, whatever was it two years ago when we had like the twenty wins where we were left out of the tournament mm-hmm. was that we have we already have like six quad one wins um, or quad one quad two wins this season right and so our our resume is a lot better already um, so mm-hmm. I mean definitely don't want to ease up on anything but um, right. there's at least a good good solid path forward for you know at least making the tournament and i think latest bracketology lenardi has a nine seed mm-hmm. going up against i believe seton hall um so i mean which would be a really fun matchup if you had watched creighton and seton hall this past weekend mm-hmm. that went into triple overtime <laughs> yeah and i think the seton hall's coaches that shaheen holloway who yeah was with uh, st peter's when they mm-hmm. knocked off purdue so that'd be be an interesting matchup. I saw that uh, if if we were to win that game, which would a very very big if uh, given our <laughs> NCAA tournament track record, uh, we would unfortunately match up against Carolina, assuming they would beat the 16 seed they play, and that that would be a we could be the number <laughs> one team. That's one more. <laughs> no, might as well, right? <laughs> <laughs> might as well make it two in a season. Big big oof. These <laughs> keep receipts, I guess. But, <laughs> but yeah, it. You just got to finish out the season. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, everyone said it. We got to keep winning at home if you can pull you know a couple road wins against some of those lesser teams like the michigans indianas um, mm-hmm. down the stretch um, you don't need to win all of them necessarily but just grab a couple maryland this weekend would be a really really good win for him to you know get another uh kind of top tier quad win um, mm-hmm. and then yeah that rematch against wisconsin at pba on right. uh, february 1st i can have circled and mm-hmm. i'm interested right. to see if we kind of come out for a revenge game or if if we uh, kind of go into our shell for that game, right? That's gonna might set the tone for kind of how the rest of the season goes. But that's kind of kind of my thoughts on where where Nebraska is at right now. I don't know if you have any additional thoughts, Zach, or not too much. Really, the only one that comes to my mind is, and this is more future talk, really. But I think at this point, Fred has earned himself 
I don't even know what's left on his contract any at any point, but at some point, you know, contract extensions or contract mm-hmm. talks have to come up. And I think this year has proven that he's got a framework that works for a team and he's got a good chunk of people that are coming in and are playing really well for him. I think he's earned himself more years. Um, I, I don't want to get ahead of myself and say he's made Nebraska a contender by any means, but mm-hmm. I'm certainly not, not going to say that we're bottom of the barrel too much like we used to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing about the thing that I've noticed though, and again, I, I have to keep leaning on this because if anybody wants to take my quotes out of context, it's I have no idea. <laughs> really. I don't have much of a frame of reference with college basketball, but like for me, like it just looks like the big 10 this year is just really talented for the most part. Like there's a lot of good, there's a lot of really good teams. And then even the ones that are, on the bottom is so to speak mm-hmm. are are still good they're not great but they're just good mm-hmm. and i mean granted like we've talked about it's if they're on the road it seems like it's impossible for the team that's on the road to win which again i think speaks more to <clears throat> how good the big ted itself is rather than mm-hmm. you know the teams themselves but i don't know i think real realistically i think fred has earned himself multiple or at least more years i Again, I have no idea what the what the contract even looks like at this point. So he might still have two or three years on it. But yes, I just I'm looking at it right now. Uh, yeah, he's under contract through the 2026 2027 season. Okay. Um, kind of about the same time that Frost did his whole buyout thing, uh, reduced contract thing. Fred also did take a little bit of a pay cut, um, at least through 2024, and then his contract will go back up to what it was before. But um, his buyout was reduced from 18 and a half to 11 million, um, in case that ever does come up. Um, which I think that was obviously before this season and the mm-hmm. start of that, um, in case the season didn't go well, but, um, he's at least got, yeah, two, two or three more seasons under contract. Um, but, you know, obviously depending on how this goes and if they make the tournament, you know, trip might, you know, reinstate some of that salary again, oh, yeah. might give him a bonus and all of mm-hmm. that. But, Honestly, though, in this case, the fact that I, it's going to sound weird, but like he's got himself a really good building block this year to be mm-hmm. like, look, like it took it took a while to get there. But okay. like, I have a thing. I have a system that works or sorry, he can go in and say, I have a system that works. Right. And mm-hmm. I can I, you know, I can build upon this because if he gets them to the point where they're getting to the tournament, he can get recruits and be like, hey, you can be the one that can change recruits, mm-hmm. people, transfers, whatever. He can get mm-hmm. people that say, hey, all we need is you know, you're what you can provide to this team to get us to that next level, right? Whatever that means. I mean, however, depending on how far we go, but Mm -hmm. it's crazy to think that we saw two completely different trajectories. You know, we were all hyped when frost got hired. And then when Fred came back, we were all still hyped again. And we, it just kind of went two different directions. (laughs) Um, But I think Fred was given, I I shouldn't say a longer leash because Frost was given a heck of a long leash in the football yeah. realm, but yeah. I, I do think I think Fred was given a heck of a lot more just because you know outside of the one year for that Tim Miles, I mean Tim Miles didn't do bad here, but you know mm-hmm. outside of that one really really good year that he had, most people kind of wrote Nebraska off as a basketball school, and I, I I'm not going to say we're going to change that <laughs> in the next couple of years, but you know I, we at least look like respectable. Yeah, yeah, we're right. at least a, a competent basketball team now. Where before mm-hmm. it was like we were the we were the you know the ones that 
would be the easy win for the most mm-hmm. part. So it's yeah, it's been fun to watch because I know like when Fred was first hired, it was kind of like we're gonna try and get some transfers in. Like obviously he's gonna recruit his guys, but we're gonna lean heavily on just bringing some veteran guys in, trying to build something, get some momentum going, and now they're is a legitimate framework and there's mm-hmm. there's an actual team around it's not right. just like i said there's not just the one or two guys that are leading it it's there's there's depth to the team there's mm-hmm. things are obviously working he's got he's got a plan implemented and it it's just been really cool to see it actually evolve in a positive way for uh nebraska now whether it can we reap the rewards actually and still you know to be seen obviously a lot of seasons right. ago but um the trajectory think, is is good. <laughs> I think if they, you know, they have like twelve or thirteen more games left. I think if they can get to, you know, twenty wins by conference tournament time, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be really good setup for their odds. You know, that obviously taking into account that they lose in five, they go, you know, whatever six and six, seven and five in that stretch or whatever, however many games are left. But you know, I think if you at least eclipse the 20 win mark by the time you get to the conference tournament startup. Um, that certainly puts you in position to, you know, skip the first round of the big 10 tournament, which Nebraska has not done recently. Yeah. Um, like one less game you have to play. Um, and then, you know, you go from there, but you know, let's somehow if they finish in the top four where they get two buys, that'd be great. But um, I think right now, you know, you start small, you just hope for that first, first round buy in the conference tournament just so you don't have to play, you know, so many games right away. But, um, but yeah, like Nate said, I, you know, they're projected a nine seed, um, just some like Ken Palm and the net rankings and all of that kind of have them about a 65 to 70% lock right now for the tournament. Um, assuming they keep on the trajectory path of that kind of 20 ish win season right now. Um, and then, yeah, you go from there, but it's, it's been a fun, exciting season. Uh, definitely more in tune than I have been in the past than that you know, as groin kicked. Um, and I think, yeah, entry news wise, I mean, you know, Jawan Gary was warming up uh, before the Ohio state game, but Fred still said, now we're going to sit him for another game just to be sure. But um, it's the fact that, you know, he's putting weight back on that leg again, he's doing warm ups, he's doing, you know, full range stuff is a really good sign for Nebraska that we'll have him back in the next game or so for mm-hmm. sure. Um, and definitely will help, you know, I, Josiah Alec, like Nate has said, has been a huge help off the bench and starting on uh, Jawan's place and just being a physical bruiser. Uh, yeah. You know, he's not much of a scorer, but man, he loves just going up for rebounds and just <laughs> fighting guys in the post and everything. So, um, you know, even though Jawan comes back, I think you can feel really confident that you can still start uh, Josiah or bring him off the bench and for rank mask or Jawan Gary and be really confident that he's going to give you what he needs going forward yeah i think with that uh like i said we'll hit on our little mlb (laughs) news and really the only thing noteworthy that has happened is the uh hall of fame ballots came out of the three that are going to be elected to the uh, hall of fame this year and definitely if you knew about baseball way back in the day uh these names might sound familiar to you uh they definitely do to me because i watched all of them growing up um most notably, I think Joe Maurer, um, mm-hmm. for sure, the Twins catcher. Um, probably outside of him and like you know Jorge Posada and uh, Pudge Rodriguez and all of them, I think those are just you know he's a very household catcher name. 
um, at least in my lifetime of just growing up with baseball and everything. So very deserved for him. And then uh, Todd Helton of the Rockies and then Adrian Beltre, who kind of jumped around from team to team. But I kind of remember him more with the Mets than anybody else, mm-hmm. uh, for sure. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think don't really have any qualms about those guys getting elected in. You know, it's, I always laugh at the effect with the MLB Hall of Fame every year. It's like, you know, is Pete Rose is ever going to get inducted? Barry Bonds, <laughs> Roger Clemens, you know, the guys that were really good at what they did, but, you know, kind of cheated their way to get in there. But, uh, yeah, I don't really want my baseball news with that. I don't know if you guys have any more takes about that Go stickball. Go stickball is <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't uh, – Joe Maurer is just a cool story. He's from St. Paul, I believe, and – Mm-hmm. You know, from Minnesota, when when they're going to the Hall of Fame, you know, being with uh, kind of his home state team is a pretty cool story. And so, right, yeah. All right, with that, uh, kind of wrap up our points here. I know we want to give our NFL predictions for these weekend's games. I know Nate kind of already gave a Super Bowl prediction, which kind of tells you <laughs> what his picks were going to be. <laughs> uh, obviously, I'm cheering for the Ravens. Uh, full-heartedly against the Chiefs. I don't think there was any question about that. Um, but I mean, my picks are going to be the same as Nate. I think a Ravens-Lions Super Bowl would be a really fun matchup. Uh, and just because I don't want to see San Francisco again there or the Chiefs there again. So definitely going just for the oddballs. But I, you know, both teams are very capable of doing that at the same time. And if that is the Super Bowl matchup, I think it'll definitely be one of the more watched ones um, in recent history for sure. But yeah, Zach... I don't know if you have any different predictions or it's pretty much going to be the exact same as that. Uh, predictions, no. But, I mean, I will have my eyes pe- or glued on that Detroit-San Francisco game just because at this point, if I if I had to pick one team that I really want to at least see go to the Super Bowl, it's got to be Detroit, only because mm-hmm. the story is, is really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been so long since Detroit has had – in terms of football, I should say, but it's been a really, really long time since they've had any kind of good success. So it's just mm-hmm. a, it's a great Cinderella story in that right. regard. Uh, that, and then I would assume that if uh, they end up, you know, winning the Super Bowl, that Eminem would come out with another album, and it might actually be pretty good. So, uh, you know, I thought his last couple were fine, but like, you know, oh, a Super Bowl winning Eminem album after that, be great. I mean, Get Dan Campbell on a track. Oh, feature feature Tim Robinson on a track. Tim feature Tim Robinson. Oh man, he could do so much with Detroit. (laughs) Yeah, Um, yeah, but I'm in the same boat. I don't have again. Don't have a problem with Kansas City, but um, Mm -hmm. you know, Baltimore. To me, to me, in terms of fandom, Baltimore's whatever. So Mm -hmm. I hope they, I hope they do it. And quite frankly, uh, I I think if Detroit does end up winning, uh, I think. Baltimore ends up beating Kansas City, so yeah, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be Baltimore and Detroit. That's my that's my prediction there. Okay. So looks like we're all on the same page. Yeah, and then yeah, just those games are Sunday, two o'clock, I believe, is the AFC Championship game, and then probably thirty minutes after that game ends at five thirty, be the Lions and Forty uh, ers So couple of good games there. Nebraska plays 11 a.m. on BTN, I believe, this Saturday against Maryland. If you want to tune into some Nebraska ball, and hopefully mm-hmm. they'll get that road win that we all desperately want. And need. Nebraska women's basketball plays Iowa on Saturday, I believe, at noon. Yes. Well, 
right before the football yeah. game. So if you want to watch Caitlin Clark go off, certainly tune into that because she probably or or, or does. if Nebraska <laughs> if Nebraska wins, and you know if they if Nebraska fans end up charging the court, just watch out for Caitlin Clark. She will <laughs> an arm bar you. Watch out. Flopper, no flopper. Who's really to say what she actually did? <laughs> <laughs> she's just really preparing for the WNBA. She's, she's getting a really good head start on it. She's learning from the old the old goat himself of LeBron, the master of flopping. <laughs> so, yeah. So we have no other news. Uh, thanks to you all for tuning in. And again, if you have any sort of interesting ideas, stories, news that you come about come across that are quirky and weird want us to discuss or any quirky sports videos that you want us to discuss and review we certainly will do all of that and yeah hopefully our sports teams do what they need to do this weekend and our rooting interest uh for sure and i'd like to thank you all for tuning in again and we'll talk to you all next week